Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. What is this betrayal that you speak of? Okay. Well, luckily, um, the Canadians outnumber the non-Canadians now, so I can make some some specific references. Oh, no. So this, fits, this is apropos because both this episode is coming out a few days before Father's Day, if my calendar brain is correct. I think this is coming sure. out like the 13th, and Father's Day is on the 18th. And okay. um, also, we are recording this after the incident that happened to me over the weekend. So uh, last weekend mm. was... May 2-4, formerly known as uh, Victoria Day, which is just a random weekend we get off once every May. Okay. Uh, not usually on May 24th, but uh, a 2-4 is a term in Canada for buying 24 cans of cheap beer. So, And it's usually the beginning yes. of cottage season, so that's how it has its name. Okay. Just have to, I have to do like a, a Canadian 101 no, primer for it. No, this helps me out, so I understand what's happening. So this is good. Yeah. This is good. I'm on board. So this sounds, all, this sounds good to me so far. What's the yes. problem? It's a holiday about drinking lots of stuff, being outside and barbecuing. It's pretty great. The main problem is that uh, I spent May 2-4 uh, uh-huh. having a little barbecue with my parents, which was fun. Okay. We had a good time. Had some shish kebab, had some like uh, tzatziki. It was like a Greek theme. Actually, that's on bar too. But um, then we kept talking about like various things. Like, you know, as the night goes on, we're talking about all sorts of stuff. I learned two important facts about my father, who I think I've referenced several times on this podcast is like my inspiration for like taking an interest in science and like yeah. science fiction. And like, um, sort of just being a sort of rationally cool, collected person in the world. Yeah. I learned two facts about him uh, in his retirement, which began about a month, a month and two ago. Okay. One, he is not, in fact, a enjoyer of the podcast. It's probably not aliens. What? But that's the one that we do. Yes. He's not. He's not a listener. And I don't expect my parents to like watch my videos or listen to my podcast. That's not just But but mm-hmm. it's the other fact, which is that he my is dad not is not a father. Oh, he is a consumer of ancient aliens adjacent no. content. No. And he, we were talking at dinner and he was just like, yeah, I was watching this YouTube video about King Pakal and like it looked like he was like, no. And I, I had like, I, I, no. I had like a f- top 10 anime betrayals moment and I like did the entire King Pakal episode no at him good. basically. <laughs> This is no good, Tristan. What are we going to do about this? Did Hold on. So you did the whole, you tried to convince him otherwise. How did that go? It was fine. He kind of, he kind of defaulted to like, I don't actually believe it. It's just a fun thing to watch on YouTube. I think my there dad is go. bored and watching way too much YouTube in his retirement is the thing. <laughs> So that's that, that, that but uh, I knew that this needed to start the episode because it was a uh, yeah. traumatic thing. And if my dad ever listens to this podcast, he will know 
mm-hmm. the pain that he inflicted upon me. Yes. And what and there are parallels here between tragedy and, you know, your family, you know, you're you're struggling with your own familial uh uh trials, you you could say. Uh, mm-hmm. And that feels like it could tie into what we're what we're talking about today. Is that a way to segue into the episode? Do you think <laughs> it's good enough? Yes. The, the the fatal flaw of this podcast is that we are uh, are, are we're, we're we're unable to get on track well, this, and focus on anything. So see, this is our own fault though, because we have always said at the end of the show that this podcast is good for dads, but we never specified which dads, and so yeah. we could, we should have called out your dad on purpose to see if he would be willing to give us a shot. You know, this is not This morning. I had the, the shower thought that I was like, Oh, I need to get my dad as a guest on this podcast. Yeah. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be like, all right, if you're not going to listen to it, here's a way I can get you to absorb at least one episode. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I also think that we should introduce our wonderful guest who's here today. Listening to us talk about your dad for the last five minutes. Yeah. Uh, I would like to introduce uh, a really dear friend of mine who's uh, who we've been, been known each other for years. Uh, this is Dr. Avon McMaster. Hello. 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 <laughs> for various reasons, because she's very smart and knows a lot about the specific topic. And also because uh, we've shouted out her podcast in the past uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, much appreciated mm-hmm. <laughs> and furthermore uh because you're literally an expert in greco-roman especially the roman side of things yeah uh, and and also because as a classicist i'm sure you will appreciate this um very often when you are a person who majors in the historic arts the history um very <laughs> mm-hmm. often you get asked uh you get the conflation between the history department mm. and the classics department and mm. classicists who are usually not the larger of those two departments can get <laughs> very uh, defensive about their field when it comes to like, <laughs> hey, why aren't you history? Why aren't you archaeology? And I always know that like classics is very much its its own extremely weird, but very specific <laughs> discipline. <laughs> that is exactly perfect. Yes. It's very weird and very specific. And only... Only classics in the entire university can look down on the history department and say, well, you guys are just Johnny come lately's after all. I mean, there wasn't mm-hmm. even a history department when <laughs> the university started. <laughs> I guess classics you may think is you're studying the, the past, but you're you're yeah. new. <laughs> it's just the it's just the it's like the continuation of what was called the classical education, right? You get yeah. your because it's yeah, not cl- it's not just history, it's like literature, mm. poetry, mm-hmm. languages. In fact, classics Classics comes out originally of, to use a term that came up earlier before we started recording, philology. Um, really, classics mm. started as the study of the text and study of the language. Mm-hmm. And you only studied the history and the myth insofar as it was useful for understanding the literature, because that was all that was really important. Oh, and so okay. it's the study of the classics, right? The classical period. Uh, it is expanded, and now there are classical historians, but those, like, they weren't really truly classical historians till the 20th century. It's, it's a strange field. But yeah, classics <laughs> is the study. Now people refer to it as the study of the ancient Mediterranean. So it's mm-hmm. expanded beyond Greek and Roman stuff into um, Egypt and Mesopotamia and Northern North Africa and other areas. I'm sort of an old school classicist in the sense that my field really is literature. And mm-hmm. so literature and language, but because I used to teach at a university that didn't have a graduate degree and a de- program and only had three full-time faculty, I've taught everything. You do everything. <laughs> You don't get to be a specialist. So, you know, I've taught myth, I've taught language, I've taught literature, I've taught history. Yeah. It's all it's all part and parcel of the same thing. Yeah. That's cool. I do a podcast. Oh, so I do that's too. what I do. Oh, 
Yeah. Um, if we're I don't just think kind of like for comparing, you know, like uh, personal uh, achievements. <laughs> so you do all that cool stuff. And then I do, I sit in front of a microphone um, every well, week. Well, to be fair, I don't do that anymore. I was a professor for years, but mm-hmm. uh, my, my department disappeared. So now I, I work in government, but I also have a podcast. So, you know. Oh, excellent. <laughs> That's the continuity. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have a very, we're very well positioned for this episode because we have two people, a person who's an expert in the classics and a person who's an expert in superheroes and yeah. superheroics. Mm. Um, for the record, everybody, this is a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens. <laughs> That's our show. Um, You're listening to We talk to about uh, pseudo-histories. Hello, dads listening <laughs> Hello, to the dad. show. Hi, dad. <laughs> Hi, Tristan's You know who you dad. are. <laughs> Um, but this is a podcast where we talk about ancient uh, apocalypse. Ancient, well, we did talk about ancient apocalypse, but um, pseudo history, pseudo archaeology, UFOs, yeah. an increasingly long list of um, people who do <laughs> history bad. Uh, specifically, yes. focus on ancient aliens. I'm Tristan Johnson. I did some research today. That's awesome. I'm I'm proud of you for that. My name is Scott Nicewander. I I'm here to just break out into song anytime anyone mentions a character from the Disney Hercules, which is probably going to be a lot because I do think we are talking about Hercules, who is t- the titular character of the movie Hercules. So, yep. Well, um, be careful because whoever... I might break out into song too, but for the theme song of the 1970s Hercules cartoon, which oh, oh. is its own special thing. <laughs> now, how many references to the Kevin Sorbo Hercules are we going to do? Hopefully None. zero. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I, I I only reference Zena as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Zena is the only part perfect, of that world perfect, that still Because <laughs> if we reference the Kevin Sorbo, I would be disappointed. That's there the only go. line I know. We did That's it. Only reference. <laughs> um, interesting. Also, I just gotta say on on the Disney Hercules, like whoever was in the the design room where it's like we're gonna talk about this kind of Greco-Roman like cl- like classical myth that is like the archetypal uh, archetypical superhero and it's all like a huge part of like this like greek roman mm-hmm. uh history and then they were like you know what the music theme should be motown let's just mm-hmm. do an entirely motown inspired well, it's like um, it's i think it's awesome. kind of clever because it's like it's like gospel music in a way and it's about gods i think that's clever i think that's so fun <laughs> oh it slaps super hard yeah and danny devito de- devours the scenery in it it's got a mm-hmm. michael bolton song like it, it, it's got everything it's the best 100% yeah and what I learned is I assumed that the story in the movie was extremely inaccurate and it is but what I was actually surprised by was how um, that it was a lot it had a lot more of the story in it than I Mm -hmm. can than I thought like I realized that um, all of those like quick flashbacks as he's becoming a hero in the rising action is actually like the majority of his actual story Yeah. (laughs) yeah one of the things about that movie that is amazing is they made these substantial changes to the overall story and like a complete rewrite of the moral background and the worldview of the mm-hmm. Greco-Romans to turn it into this Christian tale of good versus evil, like all these mm-hmm. things that completely, you could say, betray the, the original story. But at the same time, they knew the myths inside out, those writers and those animators. And all the way through, there's all these like tiny little Easter eggs and little mm-hmm. references to the most minute details. So it's not like they did it out of ignorance. They changed and I like I get why they did the mm-hmm. Disney movie. There's lots of yeah. stuff in Hercules well, that's not yeah. family friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into like that. Way he 
acts with his family, for instance, not friendly. <laughs> not a family man, no. Yeah. Um, well, in some but ways, he's funny. an extremely family man and extremely not a family. We'll get into it. Um, so, so let me- <laughs> Yeah, let, can, let's, I, let's... can I ask a big broad question? So because this podcast is about ancient aliens and pseudo-archaeology, <laughs> why specifically are we talking about Hercules today? <laughs> Good question. Um, cause I'm, I was surprised myself. I never thought that I would have to be doing the Hercules episode of it's probably not aliens, but uh-huh. here we are. Uh, so here's basically the episode that we're kind of chewing our way through. And we've kind of talked about this in the last couple weeks of the show is this idea that aliens and a lot of our like references to gods and myths of the ancient past mm-hmm. are actually go- either aliens or mm-hmm. alien human hybrids that mm-hmm. have had superpowers. These are things like your, uh, your chimeric monsters, uh, uh, your, your classical monsters of antiquity, but also people like uh, Gilgamesh and all of the Eternals. Uh, and one of them that comes up that just as randomly was like, what about Hercules? Cause they did this whole thing where they talked a lot about how Apollo is apparently like a big alien deal. And he shows yeah. up in all this myth, which is, I feel like a little bit stretching of comparative mythology there, but there's, <laughs> they do talk a lot about how, of course, Zeus was an alien because he had lightning bolts, like late, like laser bolts. And it's just like Thor alien, also just, had lightning bolts. <laughs> it's like, just like uh-huh. aliens have lightning bolts. Just like you know how aliens well, I mean, have Star Trek bolts. told us that Apollo and all of us are aliens. Mm-hmm. So yep. I mean that's that's canon, right? Yeah. Like they were mm-hmm. writing from we're not we're from not truth. we're not gonna argue against that, are we, Tristan? Yeah. I mean, like no. <laughs> the fact. Strange New Worlds trailer just dropped and it includes a crossover with the cartoon show <laughs> Lower Decks, yeah. which mm-hmm. which does it which does mean that the the koala that God is a koala is now the official canon of the Star <laughs> Trek universe. So um <laughs> it's that's, so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I can't wait for it. It looks yeah. really good. Um, anyways, I, can't, lo- I love Star Trek. It's it's stupid and silly, and the parts where things don't make sense, they just don't talk about it again. We don't talk about the sex <laughs> salamanders. You don't talk about that the center of the galaxy is God yeah. who mm. wants Star Trek, wants spaceships. It's a lot of th- the Greek, the Greeks. Um, I think Abraham Lincoln's in an episode of a mm-hmm. thing. I think mm-hmm. Satan oh, is in an cool. episode of one somewhere. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, and also that there is currently living a like 300 tall, 300 foot tall Spock somewhere in the universe. <laughs> Anyways, oh. um, this, I, I, my, my knowledge of Star Trek is extremely broad, but we're going to talk about Hercules today. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or well, Her- I think Heracles. you mean Hunkules. Hunky- <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you make some sweet music. Uh, anyways. Our story actually begins on the show Ancient Aliens. Um, so yeah, the, the, here are some like direct quotes they said. It's like perhaps the most famous demigod is the Greek hero Heracles, or as the also known as the Roman Hercules. Mm-hmm. So far true. Heracles was <laughs> yeah. Heracles was half man, half god, conceived in the union of Zeus and a mortal woman named Alcmene. Yeah. Already. Yep, Alcmene or Alcmena. Yeah, either. Cool. But mainstream scholars have dismissed these tales Whoa. of demigods as fantasy. But what if Hercules was real and he was just a god-human hybrid? Alien. Um, what if? Genetics aside, <laughs> uh, that is basically what Ancient Aliens is trying to posit. And uh, what I I'm here to that say that's is- that's their whole thing that they say. We've talked about this what before. <laughs> but what if, what if he was yeah, an alien not. hybrid? Think about that first. Let that sink in. Mm-hmm. Actually, don't let it sink in too much. We're going to move on to the next thing now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then I was like, okay, well, first of all, I get to study Hercules. I guess that's going to be a fun episode. I think that'll be really fun. Mm-hmm. And 
furthermore, uh, try to talk about how Hercules is not so much like a person who was real as it is a feeling in your heart. And he is, it's hard to <laughs> turn somebody into like, say somebody was a literal person when, uh, almost every aspect of his life is like symbolic of various parts of ancient cultures and such. So hmm. that's kind of what I, I wanted to talk about is, um, like, I'm not going to do like the hardcore because you can't prove a negative, but also um, debunking whether or not Hercules was real feels beneath even us. And I'm pretty low <laughs> on the totem pole on this one. The I real am. Hercules is the lessons we learned along the way. Yes. Yeah, that's the that's the story. <laughs> um, so let's let, I want to start with uh, with Heracles. Her- Heracles. Heracles. Dimitri. Heracles. Everybody from Greek is Greece is named Dimitri. Dimitri. Yes. Like, Heracles and his like last name is like, I don't know, Papadopoulos or something. I don't know. Um, he's one of what are called the Chthonic heroes, which I think uh, has some, um, there's Hades, I think references this, but I guess. Chthonos nope. just means underworld, basically. Mm-hmm. So the heroes, because they die, because they have mortal parts, uh, go, are buried. So they're under the earth. So they, mm-hmm. they, there's the heavenly, oh. which is the Olympians and gods. And then there's the Chthonic and that's the heroes, but also Hades and a couple of other, and uh, Persephone and a couple of other Chthonic deities, which are under the ground. So. Perfect. Also, Chthonic is just a fun word in scrap. It is. Oh, that's a good, <laughs> I sh- yeah, I got to keep that in the back pocket. A lot yeah. of H's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unlike other Greek heroes, apparently no tomb has ever been described as being the tomb of Heracles. And apparently mm-hmm. other heroes have their actual tombs as like physical locations somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Um, he's both a hero and a god, or as Pindar says, Heos, Heros Theos. <laughs> um, Everything rhymes in Greek, so that's not special. Just <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all um, have the same endings. <laughs> The way this sticks out is basically because um, as a person, he gets certain types of like honor- honorifics, but then they also do things like festival sacrifices. So mm. apparently they do the same festival sacrifice as a hero with something called a chthonic libation. And then they do another one as a god upon an altar, mm-hmm. uh, which makes him the most uh, iconic embodiment of what uh, is called a demigod by the standards of um, understanding mythology, yeah. basically. Yeah. So the big difference, like gods and heroes are two different classes of what, what we would call divinity or supernatural beings or something like that. Those aren't good ancient terms, but, mm-hmm. and the big difference is essentially how you worship them. Like mm-hmm. from a, from, if we're talking religion here, not myth, we're talking religion, then heroes are worshiped at normally at their tomb. But as you say, Hercules didn't have, Heracles didn't have, tombs um so either at their tomb or at a significant site and usually with and it's in a chthonic way you're it's like a development of ancestor worship you're, you're worshiping a shade of the dead so you pour a libation wine or usually blood when you sacrifice an animal you pour blood because that helps reanimate the, the spirit essentially and it can appear mm-hmm. to you and give you advice or prophecies or just it feeds them and makes them happy because the basically what you're doing with heroes is you're propitiating them because if they're angry they can do bad stuff and so it's mm. more like warding off the bad stuff they'll do if you don't pay enough attention to them or gotcha. if you make them angry more than asking them to do stuff for you. And there's heroes and that's how they're worshipped. And then there's gods 
And they are normally, except for the subset of Hades and Persephone, these Chthonic gods. But most gods, you do all stuff on altars. You look upward when you're sacrificing. You burn things on the altar so the smoke goes up. To the, so rather than pouring oh. libations to the underworld, you're, you're sending the smoke and the, the burning of the animal that parts that you're, you're giving to the gods goes up into the heavens. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a ritual difference. And Hercules, Heracles is weird in that he, he straddles that difference. Like there's lots of mm-hmm. hero cults. And we use the word cult here because I feel this is important for a show about ancient aliens. I feel it's important <laughs> to explain what cult means in an ancient context yeah. yes, because please. it's kind of changed in the modern world. Um, cults is just the same root word as like culture and cultivate. It means to pay attention to and make grow. And so a cult is a particular way that you worship a particular being. So mm-hmm. that's Fandom. it. It's the yeah, but it's the not the pe- it's not even the people; it's the mm-hmm. actual worship. So, like mm-hmm. the cult of Hercules at a certain place is the you know we sacrifice these animals at this time in this way. We say these words and we have this festival. Mm-hmm. That's the cult of Heracles at Argos, and the cult of Heracles at Tyrens you know, uses a different animal and does it on a different day and mm-hmm. whatever. And it's not that as a person, you're a member of that cult. The cult is the the, the things that are the worship. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's sort of weird to use the same term. It's just become something else now. But mm-hmm. so there's nothing culty in the modern sense about it. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's not about crazy people doing crazy things. So. Yes. Um, anyway, sorry. And then, so yeah, divinity, normally you're either divine or you're a hero. And Hercule- Hercules or Heracles is the weird one who's both. And that leads to strange things like his spirit being in the underworld in the Odyssey so that Odysseus sees him, but also he's supposedly divine. So he's up in Olympus. So like, how could he be both? And there's a line in Homer that was probably introduced later that's like, that was only his mortal part that Odysseus saw in the underworld. Because of course the divine part is up in... <laughs> Up in the yeah. sky. He's got that's why he has Christianity no tomb because cribbing some notes his, here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's why he has no tomb because he had an apotheosis where his when he was burned at the end of his life, his whole body goes up and it like disappears and goes up into heaven, into Olympus. Mm-hmm. And normally that's necessarily so that can't be a tomb because he's a god now. Mm. But he's also worshipped like a hero. So it's it's he's weird. He's a As with everything with Heracles, guy. he's more. He's just more. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of weird, let's hear a little bit about his very interesting uh, childhood and birth. So, yes. um, <laughs> first of all, um, I, if if you know anything about your basics of Greek mythology, um, did not make it into Disney movie. Heracles' father mm-hmm. Zeus, um, known for being one of um, mythology's most preeminent horn dogs, um, yes. man, Blasting woman, it out. Yeah. mountain, swan, bull. Um, possibly, uh, depending upon how you read things, even a, uh, a lion at one point, he was a very busy man, uh, <laughs> and does uh, not his, discriminate. Yes. And his, his wife, his eternal wife slash sister or cousin or something, sister, 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 his, his, his sister wife, um, Hera, okay. uh-huh. uh, famously, um, because you know, you have to, this is Greek mythology. So their thought is women, they just be like that always complaining about their husband, just cheating on them with literally mm. everything mm-hmm. uh, always was going around and trying to uh to to mess with all of his uh his progeny made through all of these um these dalliances one of the ones that he does is with a woman named alchemini um where the he he gives birth or she gives birth to this uh to this person and uh but out of like an act of I don't know, this this part where it gets a little uh, a little wonky, but somehow he is captured away as a young bebe, 
uh-huh. and uh, taken to Hera uh, saying like, hey, look, this baby is going to die if it doesn't nurse like right now. And she nurses him and then he bites her her breast and she like rips him off, squirts milk into the air and creates the Milky Way of the stars. Uh, oh, that's fine. Just in case you're curious how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, they, but yeah, the milk made him have godlike powers uh, and he did so, and, and Hera, when finding out who he actually was, tried to kill him by sending two snakes to kill him, in which he strangled them to death as a baby, which is like the sign that he was like, oh, he's going to be huge. He's um, going to be strong. And of course, he yeah. had a brother, right? Yes. Like, so he's, he was born, his, Zeus took on the, the likeness of Alcmene's husband, who was coming, who was away at war. And so he went in and slept with her and extended the night so that it went nine nights because he wanted so long. He loved her so much that he wanted to be with her for nine nights. So he extended the length of the night and slept because it takes a long time to, to conceive a baby that yeah. important. Powerful. Yep. But then he, in the morning, he got up and left and her husband coincidentally came home the same day and slept with her. And she was very confused. She's like, you want more? But uh, <laughs> came home, slept with her. So she left. gave birth to twins. And yeah. one twin was Zeus's son. One twin was her husband's son. How are we going to tell which is which? Oh, maybe it's the one who just strangled two snakes in his crib. Mm, yeah. So that's Might sort of that part one. of where that story comes from. So he always had this brother who was the Iphicles, who was just the no- nobody. We, we hardly hear about him after his birth. but We hear more mm, about he his there. son, who is like uh, Hercules' yeah. nephew, who actually features in one of his trials but, yeah, um, yeah but but yeah so this this is like the big thing and um as part of like the sort of cultural observation this is why uh even though hercules like uh and when we get to like rome like a lot of like festivals and stuff that have to do with hercules are like strictly no woms allowed affairs uh women mm-hmm. are like banned from like most stuff that has to do with them except that uh women will did do some uh form of like tying a special sort of herculean knot um uh especially mm. around childbirth because they're trying to like inflict the the, the strength to choke out snakes i guess to their children um there's also a sorry i no please uh there's also a fun story about when alchemenia is giving birth uh hera is mad as always at the women that Zeus has assaulted because that is greek and (laughs) so she comes down she sends the goddess of childbirth to who's under hera's sort of control sends her down to prevent Alcmena from actually giving birth and there's mm. some bits about like this is why he ends up not being the one who inherits the kingdom and stuff but leaving that aside so what the d- goddess does is she comes down and she braids her hair and sits cross-legged and crosses her arms and crosses her fingers and knots all the clothing because this is sort of the sympathetic magic does not open the womb not open have childbirth and so mm-hmm. she, she sits on the threshold with all of these normally women you know unbound bind every thing and make sure there's nothing no knots and everything so that the pregnancy will the birth will go well she sits there and she prevents and Alcamina labors for days and days and she can't give birth to this child and it's terrible and so Zeus finally sends someone to go and stop this and um uh, a servant doesn't matter who somebody else comes along and makes the goddess laugh and she jumps up and like releases her fingers and her crosses and everything like that and in that very moment Alcamina is able to give birth and hair is really mad so she turns the woman who did that into a weasel and that's why there are weasels oh. <laughs> that was the first weasel i do like how Sorry, um, that's always said, yeah. and that's why there were at the end yeah, of the there's story. A lot of origin <laughs> stories here um it's partly because so, we have them all from ovid and that was what ovid do does was always metamorphoses but anyway yeah, that's so fun so, 
so so Hercules so Heracles was basically raised by Alcmene and the uh, the most cuckolded man in history uh, by <laughs> the extremely Greek and honestly D and D worthy name Amphitryon, oh. uh, <laughs> who acts as his foster father. Um, they even refer this, I believe that they even refer to him as Amphitryon in uh, the movie in the Disney so. the, the yeah. official Disney canon movie. See, there's a lot of this already that is like they're making references to it. They're not obviously yep. not one to one, but you know the 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 snake. They know you, it's there. Yeah, yeah. they know it's mm-hmm. there. Yeah, there's yeah, they did the snakes too. Uh even even a slight reference to the breast milk thing, I think, with the 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 mortality potion and it stuff. Was, so. Yeah, it was like sort of an <laughs> um, inverse of it where like, yeah, it was the it was the drinking from the bottle that made him mortal. To take away, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So he grows up and uh becomes like a famous warrior, goes to war, does a lot of conquering, all that good Greek Greek stuff. Greeks love conquering and warring and all that kind of stuff. At least yeah. a lot of them do. Uh he then waits is a very victorious war against the kingdom of Orchomenus in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boeotia. Um, Boeotia. Boeotia. Okay, lots yeah. of lots of vowels there. Yeah, um, <laughs> just ignore as, half of them. It's fine. <laughs> as a reward for for destroying this kingdom, the king of Thebes gifts him his daughter, uh, which is a thing you could do, named Megara, who is, now, uh, the da- is who's the daughter of the king Creon. Now this is because we've gotten we've gotten this wrong before, but this Thebes, this is the big olive. Correct. This the, yes. yes. This is All actually right. the Thebes, you know. Yes. Not yes. The Egyptian Thebes. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the daughter. So the daughter of the king of Thebes, Creon. Uh, or Creon, the king of Thebes, gives his daughter Megara to uh, Heracles to basically be married, and uh, they have some kids. Uh, Hera, because uh, women, am I right, as far as the Greeks go, <laughs> uh, decides that she's really mad that he's happy and having a family life. So he, she drives Heracles insane, and in a fit of, uh, of rage, he kills Megara and their kids. Mm-hmm. As of doing so, he is devastated. He's, uh, he, as one would be in such a situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in order to get penance, he goes to a servant of uh, Eurystes, who then says, all right, you can be forgiven for this. You just have to do 12 big things or 10 big things, but then later on, two of them end up not counting for various reasons. So go, okay. do, go do 10, but actually 12 things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could do these 12 things and they're all mostly just either big killing jobs or big cleaning jobs. Uh, and yeah. uh, basically, if you could do all 12, then you can be forgiven for murdering your wife and children. <laughs> it basically is a... It's an, he he he's told either by the oracle of Delphi or somebody else that he has to atone and but atonement isn't really about like atonement it's about getting rid of the pollution that murder causes and so he's mm. told he has to be enslaved to or or in the power of his cousin Eurystheus for either one year or ten years um, depends on the story and then Eurystheus is like well I've got the strongest person in the entire world and I hate mm-hmm. him so let me give him a whole bunch of probably deadly tasks to do yeah, yeah. some grunt work specifically chosen yeah. for being impossible or deadly and yeah or embarrassing yeah <laughs> yeah so he basically goes on a multi-year D and D campaign going and taking yep. care of all these things. Um, <laughs> With so many side quests, so, so many, many side, side quests. quests. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the later on, yeah. They, yeah. they're like, we don't know where to put all these other things he does. Oh, we'll just put it as a side quest on we'll all of his labors. And it genuinely, it's, it's hilarious. That's fun. <laughs> 
Uh, so so let, let's I'll go this just really quick. The first one is that he goes and kills something called the Nemean lion, which in some depictions is another progeny of Zeus and a lion. So um, he has to go basically kill Come a giant Zeus. lion who's killing people. Uh-huh. Uh, it, hide is impenetrable to any weapons, so he has to strangle yes. it. Yeah. And use its own claws to skin it. Yeah, that's why he wears so, yeah, the lion skin. He skins it, wears it, and so uh, very often you will see in depictions yeah. of Heracles, he's wearing a lion's pelt and usually a club. I don't know where the club fits mm-hmm. in, but that's that's sort of his iconic things. See, they did that in the, the movie club, too. Like his bow and arrow, which he uses in a couple of other ones. The club and the bow and arrow are either symbolic of or reminiscent of, depending which kind of approach to myth you use. Um, a pre-civilized form of weaponry. That's basically what they are, right? They aren't the sword and the spear, which is mm. what heroes, even in by Homer's time, are using. They're like pre-that. So Hercules okay. is this sort of yeah. older figure who uses the most primitive of weapons, the okay. bow and arrow and the club. Yeah. Fair enough. And they put the um, they they had him in the movie where the the sort of uh, pelt of a lion when they were painting it was a scar it, it was, was a pelt scar. of it looked yeah. like scar yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that was dark again, again must have been a very fun time to be working at the studios then uh-huh. um, so then uh, so so having killed the Nemean lion uh, he then gets sent off to do another one which is to deal with the nine headed hydra of Lerna which is a snake dragon thing that. Yeah. Uh, has basically its heads grow back if you cut one off. Uh, the main thing that is super, he basically then enlists his nephew to cauterize the wounds of the decapitations, which eventually kills it. Very important. Uh, we would hmm. like to call this foreshadowing in a dramatic term. <laughs> uh-huh. Then the, the Hydra is extremely venomous. Uh, its blood is extremely venomous. Mm. So in order to, uh, he loots the body and uh, decides to basically uh, inoculate some of his arrows with some of this Hydra venom that kills you in a very Greek tragedy type fashion where you get hit and you say, I, I have been slain and you die. So, so you get, uh, so he gets a, he gets a bunch of, he has poisoned arrows. That is, uh-huh. that is now just yeah. put remember that in your that. pocket. Just remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. For later. He's got poison very arrows. poisonous. <laughs> Obviously the Hydra thing was a big part of the movie too. I don't want to keep talking about the movie, yeah. but like, it's all right. Big it's important right. That's scene. Half of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we then go on. Uh, his third one is to go and capture the elusive uh, stag of Arcadia, which is apparently mm-hmm. a stag with golden horns that belongs to uh, Artemis or Ar- yeah. Artemis, the, the goddess of a hunt. hunt and yeah. basically, she, yeah, so she basically is like, hey, don't take my golden horned stag. And he's like, yeah, but I'm like really cool. And then she's like, yeah, you are pretty cool. You can go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he's her brother. So, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like um, that's so are, so is everybody because Zeus got around. But yeah, Zeus. No. <laughs> Your brother cousin. Um, yeah. Then he has to go and capture what's called the wild boar of Mount Aramanthus. Yep. Uh, where on the way there, he gets drunk with his best, with one of his besties, who's a centaur. And there's a lot of centaurs there. And the centaurs mm-hmm. are mad that he drank the centaur wine. So then he gets in a fight mm. and kills a bunch of centaurs. And also his host centaur by mistake, because he picks up one of the poisoned arrows. This is not the thing you would keeping poisoned arrows in mind for, but I'll just, mm. you know, uh, he picks up one of the poisoned arrows to marvel at how easily it killed his friends, enemies, and then drops <sighs> it and it scratches his hoof and he dies. So Aww. it's one of the many times Hercules accidentally or not kills a host, which is like the worst thing you can do in the Greek world is to to oh, break yeah. host guest friendships. 
That's no good. Big bad. Drank the wine, had the salt and bread. Yeah, yeah, not good. And then killed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, accidentally, but still, he's responsible. But still. As we know, uh, if I know anything about the Greek stories, is that whether or not it's your fault doesn't really seem it's to matter. It's still your fault. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's your fault, whether it's your fault or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next, he then gets the most epic cleaning job of all of history, where he's told <laughs> that in a single day, he has to clean the cattle stables of King Augeus of Elis, uh, of which he does by redirecting two rivers to flow through the stable and clean it out. The stable is so very dirty because these are man-eating cattle. And so nobody has cleaned their stalls in decades because no one will go in because the cows eat people. Don't, please do not discuss mm-hmm. any problems with that, uh-huh. uh, you know, approach to zoology. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not so the only really, man-eating herbivore really we're going to run into stables. today. Yeah. <laughs> very gross. <laughs> then he gets sent to the Stymphanian marshes where he has to go and kill some birds. These are special birds because they're kind Kind of robot birds. Oh. I'll get into that. Um, they're birds that eat people, but they're made of bronze and they have sharp metal feathers that they okay. can uh, shoot. And most importantly, most poisonous importantly. poop. Um, <gasps> very. And they're in a swamp and they're also mm-hmm. Artemis's pets. Um, okay. So, so Heracles goes to deal with this, but then pa- apparently he's just far too big for the marsh. And he starts sinking into it and he's like, oh, I can't, I can't get to them. It's too marshy. I'm going to sink. Now, so believe it or not, I do have a question about the poisonous poop. Um, okay. <laughs> do they use, do they weaponize that? Do they like fly over and start pooping and danger done? people? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember if they actually talk about that. I think it is causing problems to the people of the region is what we are told. I think it's sort of vaguely said like that. Presumably it makes it a little hard to grow crops and stuff, but I don't Mm. think the versions we have get into the details. Gotcha. Okay. All right. There's no monster manual that they made back in the day to explain. (laughs) Sadly, um, no. That it does 3d6 poison damage to whoever touches it or whatever. (laughs) Um, But then he, so he's, so he's then after finding that he can't go to these birds to capture them or kill them or whatever, he then has some, like some serious sad boy hours until Athena feels really bad for him. Uh, Athena also being the Greek goddess of wisdom, the patron goddess of Athens and big deal in the Greek pantheon. She gives Heracles some, uh, a rattle, uh, called a crotala, which, uh, was made specially by Hephaestus. Who's like the God of volcanoes and crafting and blacksmithing and stuff like that. Um, and basically makes this special for, for them. There's sort of uh, a, a crotala is sort of like a castanet is like the closest like Western or I guess it says Western, but the closest like modern day instrument that would be, uh, and basically, uh, he shakes it on a certain mountain uh, overhanging the lake and scares the birds into the air, which he then uses his special poisonous arrows to uh, to kill the birds. Oh, and that's I why from the got Disney them. movie he catches it in a cage. Mm. Oh yeah, see, I don't it's like that it's like part. a second and a half of footage. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you might be right. <laughs> Uh, of documentary he, footage, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He then, <laughs> yeah. his next, his next, uh, his next quest is that uh, a woman. Uh, he has to go to the island of Crete, uh, where those Cretanous people, specifically mm-hmm. the wife of the king, has uh, become rather in love with this bull and uh, has had a child with the bull named the Minotaur. Uh, mm. But the the mad bull uh, needs to be dealt with. Minotaur already exists, so nothing you can do about that. But uh, except put him yeah. in a big maze. But that's a different story. That's yeah. a different myth. That's not his <laughs> one. Um, different myth, different hero. Yeah, d- it, this, it's all part of the GCU. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
these stories all just oh, yeah. run into each other. The, the the lore is complicated. Anyways, uh, he has to capture the bull, and uh, and yeah, I, I just like the whole the whole part about just this bull keeps uh, seducing my wife. Please come kill it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one minute are too late, my friend. Yup. Anyways, uh, he does that. That one doesn't seem to have a whole lot written about it because I imagine that that more spins off into its own story with the Minotaur and Labyrinth. Yeah, and, and then he blah, lets blah, blah. go of the bull on the mainland, and then Theseus has to go get it later because Theseus has to do all the same things as Hercules, but not quite as well because Athens likes him and Hercules is Sparta's god or hero. Yeah. And so Athens has to have a hero like him. So he has Theseus, but he only has six labors. So he's kind of mm. meany, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> he does he does all of the uh he does all of the labors in little bits. And so by the time you're done, you don't even know if he's even completed them. <laughs> <laughs> Ship thereof, yes. <laughs> The next thing he has to go do is he has to go see King Diomedes of uh, Bistones. Bistones. Sure. Uh, and yeah. he has to capture his man-eating horses. Yeah. Because yeah. the king has Kim's been eating his horses Gosh. human flesh. So he has to go get <laughs> he has to go capture horses that eat human flesh. Um, oh, look, someone gave these animals their first taste of human flesh, and it has been <laughs> a nuisance ever since. In Greek mythology, human flesh is extremely delicious. Once you get your, once you pop, you really can't stop. Uh, it seems, <laughs> even a, even if you eat grass for a living, apparently. Um, <laughs> then, and here we go. Here we get to one that'll that'll really hit uh, Scott well. All right. He then has to go steal a woman's girdle. Um, specifically, he has to go steal the belt of uh, Hippolyte, who is the queen of the Amazons. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. A little Wonder Woman action going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And but but of course women am I right? Uh, Hera tries to Ugh. mess things up again by spreading a rumor amongst the Amazons that Heracles is planning to capture the queen and and kill her. And so the Amazons try to stop him from stealing their belt. Okay. Um, <laughs> All in right. some versions he kills a whole bunch of women, and in some versions they decided not to have that be part of the story. So hmm. oh, it's it's. I mean, all most of the heroes fight the Amazons in one way or another because the Amazons, like centaurs, represent all that is wrong with the world because they are an inversion of the natural order of things. Um, like centaurs are are half human, half wild. That's bad. Yeah. So all the heroes fight them. Can't do but, that. Uh, Amazons are obviously women who fight and act like men and aren't controlled by men. So they also represent what is mm. wrong with the world. So every hero has to go and impose his civilizing force upon them, which usually means both right. sleeping with and killing them. Yeah. Half with Hippolyta, human- that's he goes and he has like an affair with her for a year and then takes her. And the girdle represents her sexual chastity. So a half human, half horse is just as bad as a bunch of women. Let's I'm just yeah, saying. A bunch of women with with bows and arrows. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What more could you possibly fear in the world? The horror. Yeah. The horror. <laughs> um Messed up, man. (laughs) Women living their best life alone on an island? That's horrible. Cannot be allowed. Can't have that. Cannot (laughs) stand. Just see what Sappho has to say about this. Anyways, um, the tenth tenth, uh, uh, thing that uh, Hercules is imposed against and this one is okay. This one gets really funky. Um, first of all, he has to go to the worst place in the entire world by his estimation, which is Spain. Um, he has to go to Spain for this one. <laughs> okay. Um, in yeah. order to steal some cows, specifically the cows of Garion, who is I'm I, I I see goes between either a giant with three heads or a giant with three bodies, um, which is totally the best because it makes no sense at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, does it mean three one head and one three? Like what does that even mean? How would you do that? (laughs) I could could 
never have imagined anything like that in my in my wildest dreams. That's such a fun imagery. <laughs> my Google image yeah. search unearthed either a giant with three heads or a, a, a one-headed giant that has like six arms and like a whole bunch of legs. Okay. Um, <laughs> artistic interpretations are yeah. abound for Gary on here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the fun side quests in this one is that he hates how hot Spain is so much that he kills the sun or he shoots the sun with a bow and arrow. <laughs> shoots an arrow at the sun, yeah. yeah. And, and so uh, apparently Garyon, again, or Garyon falls to Heracles' uh, magic arrows, his poisonous arrows. Apparently, uh, apparently uh, he shoots him directly through the forehead with an arrow, which wasn't enough to kill him, but the venom, that's what did it. So <laughs> that so he kills that the giant with an arrow. Clutch. Yeah. Uh, but then as he's now having to herd a flock of cattle across the entire Mediterranean back home, uh, Hera, again, women, am I right? Uh, mm-hmm. Sends gadflies to bite the cattle and irritate them and they scatter. And Heracles then has to spend an entire year finding all of these cows and getting them back together. Uh, yeah. Then it, because she gets mad at that, she then sends a flood so that the, they can't cross this river. So mm. then he starts piling up rocks and makes the water shallow so that he can cross over. Also, at this point, he decides that uh, that the coast, the southern coast of Spain is far too uh, annoying. So he yeah. makes the stones of Gibraltar and uh, basically creates a path so that uh, sailors can go into the Atlantic from the Mediterranean. And this is why the Strait of Gibraltar sometimes gets called the Pillars of Heracles, the Pillars of Hercules. Yeah, he opens up the Mediterranean to the Atlantic, basically, is what the idea is. Gotcha. And also, just as a fun side quest too, he then uh, randomly has sex with a princess. And one of the things you need to know about um, Heracles is that every single time he has sex with women, they 100% of the time get pregnant and almost 100% of the time have sons. And uh, this yeah, child- like oh. a god in that way, yeah. 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 <laughs> and this child just- uh, uh, happens to become basically the progenitor of all of the Celtic people, which to the Greeks was basically hmm. just anybody who lives sort of France and other. Right. Yeah. The whole, the whole, the whole driving the cattle of Garyon back is a, an opportunity to sort of have myths that to tie him to a whole bunch of local gods. I mean, we can talk about this later in terms of who Heracles is, but, uh, and also to tie in a bunch, because there's shrines to Heracles and like cults of Heracles all over the Western Mediterranean. Mm. And so this myth kind of explains like, what was he doing there? Well, he was wandering around getting these cat, these cows. Yeah. So like there's like a hundred different local them. stories. Mm-hmm. And he, how was Heracles? Like he makes his way into the Aeneid and the foundation of Rome because he happens to be there on his way back from <sighs> getting darn the cattle. cattle like, yeah. so he, it's a way of sort of shoving in all of these stories that don't kind of why would Heracles be there he's a Greek you know but oh it's because he was on the way back with with those cows he was doing his other thing yeah perfect um all right we're getting close we're at 11 now we're getting we're getting we're we're in the round one the next one is he then goes shopping for apples uh he has to go get some uh he has to go to the end of the world and find some golden apples by uh Hesperides yeah but he can't do it because I guess it's too far away or something so then he decides to go visit the Titan Atlas who is the person who literally holds up the planet and says, Hey, I'll hold the world for you for a minute. Can you just go get me some apples? And Atlas is like, finally, my burden has been awakened. I don't longer have to hold this oh. thing anymore. He goes and gets the apples and he's like, you know what? I changed my mind, Her- uh, Heracles. You have to stay and lift up the planet forever. Yeah. Psych. Psych. You, you got to do it now. 
And then he's like, okay, fine. But can you just hold it for like one second while I like adjust my cape so that it's more comfortable? And he's like, okay, fine. Sure. And then he takes <laughs> and then, it and then he's like, psych, then double psych. And then he leaves. <laughs> double um, yeah. psych. Oh, I'm guessing boy. that the Titans sort of have this um, reputation of being sort of uh, bad guys of Greek myth. So I'm guessing that messing with Atlas is a good thing. Mm. Eh. There's, there's a lot less moral weight to most of these stories than we think there is. Uh-huh. Neither good nor bad. It's they just did. a thing he did. <laughs> there's a lot of Greek myth. Later though, on, where... Perseus is going to fly by Atlas holding the head of Medusa, by the way, turning him to stone. And that's mm. why the Atlas Mountains. Ah, ooh. Just, I'm glad just we know you. all these things. I'm learning so much about how things started. Yeah. Um, exactly. I learned about weasels <laughs> earlier. That was fun. The other thing too is that it seems like there's a lot of stories of like um there's a lot of there's a lot of liking of outsmarting powerful people yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh the last one is that he's like, all right, you did all these things. I got one that's going to be like really hard. It's impossible. You have to go to the underworld, the death Uh-oh. place, and you have to go and steal Hades's dog. Uh-huh. Um the three-headed dog Cerberus uh has to be brought back. And he does. And the thing is that um the guy who is doing all these things for is like, I I actually didn't want the dog. I actually just wanted you to die. Can you like, can you send it back? <laughs> what am I gonna do with the dog? Like, what am I gonna do with Hades's dog? <laughs> Oh, yeah. dog. Hades, the, famously, the person you don't want to, ha- uh, what's it called? He's a guy who cursed somebody for all time for eating pomegranate seeds. You don't yeah. really want to mess yeah, with him. Don't mess with his the, dog. Um, the best thing about Eurystheus is really early on, uh, he gets scared by Heracles bringing, Heracles bringing things back, scary things, like uh, depending on the order of the things, even the Nemean lion's corpse like scares him. So in some versions, <laughs> he gets a big bronze jar built into the earth that he can hide in whenever Heracles is on his way back so that he's protected from whatever Heracles brings back because he keeps bringing back these, like he sends him to get scary things, but then he comes back with these scary yeah. things. And <laughs> this this is not what he wants. So there are pictures on vases of Aristheus peeking out of this like <laughs> subterranean oh, vase while Heracles is bringing Kerberos or other things back. Oh, that's <laughs> There is so much humor in Heracles' stories. Like, it's really important to remember that, too, that there's a lot of just plain jokes Mm. that go on in his his myths, too. Love it. That's so Um, fun. uh, So so that's his main 12 labors. He does have an unofficial 13th labor, which is that he's then challenged to have sex with 50 women in a single night, and he gets every single one of them pregnant. Of course he does. um, Except one who becomes his virgin priestess. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But then... uh, Basically, several people, including the kings of Sparta and several people throughout uh, history, have claimed their ancestry to Heracles through this particular labor. Of, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, because, um, yeah, again, every single one get pregnant. Every, almost every single one has sons. That's that's the trick. And uh, even some Roman emperors claim that this was their their ancestry. And of course, because uh, Heracles was a Greek symbol of masculinity, he also had a lot of sex with the boys. Uh, Plutarch, in his book called Eroticos, uh, says that Heracles' male lovers were, quote, beyond counting. Nice. Um, after his uh, th- after his thing, he he engages in various battles and adventures. He uh, marries two more times, three more times. He, I think he goes mm-hmm. up to four wives. He rescues Prometheus. He sacks Troy. He uh, founds a colony in Sardinia for some reason. And <laughs> he goes in a war campaign. And eventually he marries again. Women, am I right? He marries a woman by the name of uh, Dianera. Dianera? Dianera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so after fighting a like river creature, that uh that Her- Heracles kills. Cool. In his dying words 
afterwards with with the poison arrow, might I add. So he kills mm-hmm. this monster, the river lord, with the dying with the arrow. Mm-hmm. Dianera, uh, he the the monster says to Dianera, like, "Hey, uh, if you take some of my blood and you put it on Heracles, he's gonna like he's gonna love you forever because the river lord knows that his blood is full of the 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 hydra venom." Mm. So then uh, he goes off. Just keeps coming back up. Yeah. yeah. This was the one you were to remember that yeah. for. Gotcha. <laughs> so then he goes off and has another paramour uh, that I didn't write down, but um, basically Yole. Yole. Yeah. Yeah. Another princess that he rescues from someone, and yeah, Daenerys thinks he's going to fall in love with her instead. <laughs> so he's like, so she's like, okay, I gotta fix this. So she sends him a tunic that has the blood of the River Lord in it, but it's been washed off, so you can't see the blood, but the venom's still there. He puts it on, and the venom is so potent that even it being on the clothing, touching him, uh, starts to uh, kill him. And well, this is where there's two different stories. It starts to burn him. He's either in such agonizing amounts of pain that he wants to die or he is dying, depending upon how you tell the story. Uh, He's in such a great amount of pain that he gets one of his friends to essentially set him on fire. And as that happens, the human part of him gets burned away and leaving him as a god who then ends up marrying the goddess of youth named Hebe. Hebe? Hebe. Yeah, Hebe. Whatever. He gets that the heebie-jeebies up on he Mount Olympus. He gets the heebie-jeebies. And, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So that's... The goddess that's, that's, of youth and immortality, yeah. Mm. So that's... That is that is the Greek myth of Heracles told on It's Probably Not Aliens, the podcast about, <laughs> about UFOs and stuff. aliens. <laughs> um... So that's the, but that's the Greek thing. The thing is that this legend has shown up all over the world. As you mentioned, there's, there's, there's uh, cults of him all over uh, the Western Mediterranean, but there's evidence of people observing because uh, Greek mythology also moved into the Middle East. A uh, big part, mm-hmm. like this is why all the Islamic scholars and all of like, uh, like all of Sharia law was all developed with uh, Greek, Greek philosophy at its core. Uh, mm-hmm. But basically, you see representations of Heracles in uh, in Zoroastrian stuff in, in modern day Iran. And there's even one really cool statue that shows Heracles uh, protecting the Buddha in India, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. which just shows mm-hmm. like how far the story really got. Don't forget, Alexander the Great gets to India. And one of the things about him is that one of the one of his heroes is Hercules because Heracles is the great conqueror. So, you know, the cult of Heracles moves with Alexander the Great into India and then beyond. So yeah, he spreads gets around and in these polytheistic societies very often uh, gods from other religions can just be sort of added yeah it's like how the greeks near the end started uh observing the cult of bastet the the like egyptian (laughs) Egyptian goddess goddess. yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so so that all happens but then um the big the big cheese that sort of picks up we we don't talk about greco-roman without talking about romans and so the romans (laughs) Gave him a rebrand, no longer being called the Honored of Hera, which basically is what Heracles translates to, which is an Mm -hmm. extremely ironic name, but then Mm -hmm. becomes Hercules, the name that we typically refer him to now as. Yeah, it's basically, um, there there were lots of Greeks in southern Italy known as Magna Graecia, Big Greece, um, mm-hmm. and that had been there from the 6th century on. And they spoke a, a dialect of Greek that was 
sort of a little different, like all the dialects of Greek were a little different. And in their dialect, they called him the same same name, Her- Heracles, was pronounced Hercules. And mm. so that's how it made its way into Latin. And that's true of a bunch of, like, that's why we get Odysseus becomes Ulysses. And again, that's sort of through, like, it's through these weird, mm-hmm. the weirdo Southern Italian Greeks who have this different dialect. So we get a bunch of names. So it's the same name, but it just doesn't sound the same. Southern gotcha. Italians on blast. Uh, <laughs> weirdos. Can't come at me. <laughs> Take that, Southern Italians. No, I, feel, I remember Southern Italians are like kind of screwed over when it comes to Italian wealth redistribution. Yeah, I, I, don't I, I don't want to get, I don't want to walk into that particular battle. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, uh, Hercules is the Roman equivalent of Heracles, uh, but the Romans adapted the stories and images into their own literature and art and turned mm-hmm. him into a major figure of Western culture. He became associated with other figures and a lot of Roman emperors started using their his image and their propaganda. Uh, yeah. In Roman mythology, he had a lot of similar stories. Hercules had a lot of personal challenges. There's some details that get changed, like instead of Hera sending uh, the snakes, it's some witches. Hera sends mm. some witches that then, or uh, Juno is her name? In- Juno. Yeah, yeah, Juno is the equivalent, yeah. yeah mm. Juno sends some witches to then send some snakes. She has like a middle. Uh, Romans uh, really liked their witches. Yeah. Witches were big in Rome. I mean, uh, like, I say like, they didn't like they them. Didn't but they didn't like them, but they them liked lot. using them. They liked what <laughs> yeah. they, they accomplished in a good story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he starts to become associated with uh, various myths. Uh, one of the big ones is that he fights a monster called Cacus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Cacus, also- yeah, that was the one I mentioned about uh, the Aeneid, that it makes that, that story makes its way into the Aeneid. Story uh, the foundation of Rome. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, also become, just means bad guy. Like literally it's the last kills it's bad guy. Greek, it's the Greek for bad. So oh, that's Cactus awesome. is just bad. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you want some allegory. I've got you some allegory there. <laughs> there you go. Um he also becomes uh, associated with the Aventine Hill in, in mm-hmm. Rome. Mm-hmm. So uh he he becomes like a big part of like I mean Rome being an empire that was like single hand single mindedly focused on conquering and subjugating people, you could imagine Hercules plays a pretty big role mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Uh, self-concept um he gets incorporated into a lot of their stuff worshipped as a deity considered a patron of children and childbirth uh roman brides would often wear a special belt call, uh, tied mm-hmm. with the quote knot of hercules which was sort of the idea about childhood and fighting off the snakes and everything mm-hmm. um he receives a cult as early as the sixth century bc with a temple located near the shrine of carmenta yeah which is uh, just an early the, the carmenta would an early nymph in the history of roman religion Ah, and as you mentioned, uh, a lot of the Romans, like they, they build a lot of his myth in Rome by talking about stuff he did while he was doing his 10th labor, trying to get the cattle mm-hmm. of Garion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the biggest ones is a lot of the, one of the biggest observations of him is something called the Ara Maxima, which is this temple mm-hmm. dedicated to Hercules in the, the Forum Boreum. Uh, Boarium, the, the, the cattle market. Yep. <laughs> the cattle market. Yeah. Which is associated with obviously mm-hmm. Garion and the cattle. Yeah. Um, oftentimes he was associated with communal meals. They would do, this is the most like, like Chad alpha male, like freaking Joe yes. Rogan type thing ever. So the way that they would do a festival <laughs> of Hercules is you would have a feast where one, no women allowed, not one, any women uh-huh. banned. Can't have them. Um, can't have them. Then they would go and kill a cow. And the basic rule was this festival can't end until every part of this cow has been consumed and they have to just <laughs> sit and eat cow the entire night. Uh, assumingly not pooping yep. for several days afterwards. Uh, and they would do it at places like the Ara Maxima. Um, mm-hmm. So women, women were banned from this because uh, Hercules is for the lads, I guess. Um <laughs> 
And even though there are a lot of like, and I couldn't find a lot of great stuff on this, but there was a lot of like women uh, who had their own sort of private observations of Hercules and mm-hmm. I guess having a lot to do with the childbirth stuff, but also, who, I don't know, superheroes. Yeah. They, I mean, we, we know there were a lot of private female cults and remember cult that mean mm-hmm. does not mean what you think it not means when I say thing. it, just to remind yeah. you, just a female religious rituals, uh, but they are not preserved very well in our records due to our records being written by people who were not female. Mm. Yeah. Like all of them. So we just, and who could not care. First of all, probably didn't know because they weren't supposed to be there. So they didn't know much about the women's right. religion, but also could not have cared less. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like the thing is because it was Rome and Rome ended up becoming the like political and uh, mythological basis for basically all of Western Europe. Uh, Hercules' stories have been reinterpreted and remixed over and over again throughout. And as, of course, Christianity became heavily syncretized with Roman religion, uh, a lot of like Jesus's, I don't want to get too, uh, you know, too like uh, contradictory of canon of, you know, of some people's (laughs) very important beliefs, but there's a lot of details that get added to Jesus's life as it sort of mixes with Roman faith. And part of it is like taking aspects of heroes like Hercules and sort of Mm -hmm. applying them to his own story. Um, Mm -hmm. But it means that Hercules a story was very prevalent in all of Western Europe. Uh, there's lots of medieval and Renaissance paintings of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of lots of nude statues of him made in the Renaissance age uh, because yes. he was again the the he was really the alpha male. Like he that is like the, the idea. He is the yes. reference. Yeah. He is the uh, ideal idea of masculinity to these societies. That's sort of one of the things he really represents. Yes. Power, especially conquest. to the Roman world. I will say especially to the Roman world because in there's an argument to be made that he was not physically the representation of the ideal for the Greek world who tended towards a more moderate in-between kind of like Hercules mm. has all the big the big muscles and if you look at most Greek statuary it's not the big muscles it's like an athlete but mm. not the huge and so sometimes Hercules is depicted in in Greek art as being kind of excessive and too much mm-hmm. and and like over the top but the Romans were all over the too much and over the top so for them like that really really is true for the Rome but there's an interesting distinction between Heracles as kind mm. of the savage in a way in the Greek world like impressive but not to be emulated mm-hmm. but when he moves into the Roman world the Romans Hercules is much more to be emulated you mentioned mm-hmm. the emperors who you know have statues of themselves in wearing Heracles's lion skin and stuff like that like they mm-hmm. were, that it was someone to, to model yourself on for the Romans in a way that maybe wasn't quite so true for the Greeks mm, fair. interesting it's a sort of interesting difference yeah. yeah there are some there's some research to try and figure out what the origin of the story is some believe that he is sort of a depiction of um, sort of ancient, more ancient than ancient Greek, but like sort of Neolithic Greek hunter gatherer culture, and maybe mm-hmm. some references like the sort of pelts and stuff like that to sort of shamanistic pact practices that existed in the area. Um, yeah. It also could be that he his story is semi based on a real person or several people who've had their their feats of strength um, exaggerated beyond reasoning. But might there might have been an origin in a real person at a certain point who was just yeah just a huge dude, kinda, I guess, just big. like. <laughs> Gang, this there was so much poop. I had to do do two rivers to flush it out. You wouldn't even believe. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there's a bunch of his stories that really do feel like they start they started off as so a friend of a friend said. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, 
and they barely rise to the level of myth. They're really just like, I heard. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, Hercules stands as like the the epitome of two. I just want to, I know we're kind of running over time, so I want to make sure that I get this too. But like the yeah, yeah. picture about him is that he represents two huge things that are really influential in Western canon. One, the demigod, this person who acts as a sort of conduit between the the realm of the god or of God or the gods and mm-hmm. humanity, this sort of bridge, which as anyone mm-hmm. who's grown up in a uh, Christian society knows that that's a huge part of the identity of that religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also demigods play a role in various different faiths in different places around the world. You have uh, like lots of these, uh, these show up, but second, he's also a hero and heroes like these, these individuals who make, who do great deeds, who do amazing or, or powerful things and then die in some sort of ma- a magnificent fashion is a huge part of the way Western culture, um, case in point, um, the last like decade of movies, uh, where mm-hmm. basically, unless mm-hmm. it's based on some guy who is basically an idealized male form drawn in a comic book, you're not going to get your movie passed. So mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this is, and I'm not like original in saying this, that like superheroes in our, co- in our world today are sort of the representative of, or the modern day iteration of these sorts of things. And even to the extent that like Superman's origin stories are very obviously influenced by the story of Hercules. Yeah. There's even a comic book, like, um, I'm trying to remember the Grant Morrison, all-star Superman is basically Superman mm-hmm. doing the t- his own 12 labors before he dies right. of too yeah. much sunshine. And let's not forget <laughs> that one of the most popular Marvel superheroes right now is Thor, uh, yeah. who is a god <laughs> in, uh, yeah. in, in these myths. So Yeah, and he's uh, met Hercules, in fact, recently. Just, yeah, you know, also true. Fact. Yeah, Hercules <laughs> is in the MCU. So. Is he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I guess he, I, he has a brief cameo right at the end of uh, the of last course. movie, mm-hmm. last Thor uh, movie. But he's, I mean, he's he's in the comics, right? Yes. Like there, there were a whole series of Hercules yeah, comics for yeah. sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna, yeah, my, like, sorry, go ahead. My my head canon is that he's um he's what's his name? Uh, I, I want to say Macho Man Randy Savage, but that's not that. But there's a guy whose name is Savage in the DC comics who is like a caveman oh, who's been alive for Savage. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. continue. So can I just riff a little bit on that superhero thing? Because Please I take do. It to, to bring it back, God forbid I do this, but to bring it back to the ancient aliens tie-in. Um, Someone one had of the to. Things, yeah. One of the things that they kind of, I think, you know, having not actually watched the episode, because that is not something I'm willing to do, even for you, Tristan. Um, <laughs> I'm not watching this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Um, you know, one of the things, one of the reasons they can say these things like, oh, maybe they're built, maybe it's a real person or whatever. It's because sometimes myths work that way, right? Sometimes some legends, some myths are kind of over-exaggerated versions of some actual event. And people have argued that the Troy story is, uh, things like that. But there's lots of ways that myths happen. And Hercules is really, Heracles is really one of the really good examples of the way that myths, once they get to a certain size, they kind of eat the rest of the myths mm-hmm. they get them all um and this is like the mcu is that like they just bring in all the things that have been referenced and then make it part of the same canon so Her- heracles probably started as a so one of the things about heroes in the greek sense is that they are local so every region has its own little local because you know it's the guy who founded your city or happened to do a thing or has his tomb here or whatever so they're all local whereas gods are kind of you know, maybe not everywhere, but they kind of go over much more than one city. Heroes are local. Heracles almost certainly started as a local hero, but for whatever reason, he, you know, his stories were particularly good. Maybe somebody told them really well, maybe for whatever reason, they kind of took on a bit of a life of their own. Mm -hmm. And then he started to eat up the stories of everybody else. 
So what we can sort of trace a little bit, especially when you look at the geographical, like his labors, most of them, the first six of them happen really within the Peloponnese, which is you know part of Greece, and, and most of them in the Argolid, which is around the city of Argos. And then they kind of expand out. And then by the end, like you talked about, Geryon and his Hesperides and, and Kerberos, they're the underworld and they're the farthest mm-hmm. reaches of the world. So he, we can sort of see even As in that progression. Up, yeah. yeah, from the local to the, to, you know, he's pulling up all these other, and we, we see syncretism, like you talked about, we see him, you know, that's a Carthaginian god that gets the Greek and the Romans are like, oh, that's clearly their name for Hercules. Mm-hmm. And we, we see, and then all the stuff about, and I'm not going to get started on the hero's journey stuff because I have so much to say about that, that we would Another uh, hour. this entirely. Yeah. Let's just say that there are similarities between heroic stories across cultures. That is a true thing, even though the yeah. hero's journey stuff is kind of way overblown. But so it's very easy to match your hero to other heroes because they're going to have a lot. Oh, you have a, he has a weird birth too. He's from a god too. Oh, okay. That, you know, same thing, same deal. But where I'm going to pull it back to the comics is that what you get is a whole bunch of contradictory stories that don't actually gel. Like you can't, some of the Greek sources try to put them all in order. And you did, you know, you tried that with what you were doing, Tristan. You tried to kind of make like a coherent narrative. Well, in some of the versions, he comes back from the 12 labors and kills his wife and children then. Mm -hmm. So like how on earth could they be a punishment for killing his wife and children if he does it afterwards? Like Mm -hmm. there are complete and total contradictions in his story. And one of the ways I used to always tell students was to think of it like, how many ways did Batman start? Mm -hmm. Like how many origin stories for Batman do you know? And can you read the comics and all the different comics and watch the movies and all the different movies? And can you hold all those in your head? Can you still be entertained? Or do you have to be like, well, that movie can't be correct because the other movie is correct. There's only one origin story for Batman. There's only one way that, you know, like, no, um, I think people who do the comics and the superheroes and, you know, are very comfortable with there's yeah. just a bunch of different storylines and there's a bunch of different versions and they yeah. all kind of can exist in my head at the same time. And that's how the Greeks thought about myth in general and the gods like they would nobody was sitting there trying to make it all make sense that is goodness knows it doesn't yes that is so, like my yeah i've i've always been that way with comic books specifically too because like whenever they have these like big events that try to like unify the continuity to be like yeah. all right there's a lot of inconsistencies we're gonna like mush all these worlds together and make it make sense and here's the official way it happened i'm like i don't care though like i just want yeah. you to tell a good story i don't care if there yeah. are contradictions and if that means you got to throw some of this stuff out the window and like mm-hmm. you, and you get that with all the Greek like the Greek tragedians they, they, they have Greek tragedies about the same story like the same author will tell multiple versions of the mm-hmm. same Sophocles has three plays about Oedipus that survive and they are self-contradictory mm-hmm. like they you they're often done as the three as if it's a trilogy they don't make sense you cannot <laughs> make the timelines and the, some characters die in one version and don't in the other like it doesn't make sense yeah. and the Greeks couldn't care less that's fine mm-hmm. so I think it it opens it up to these ancient, like people trying to, the ancient aliens wants to give you an explanation. They want to mm-hmm. sort of like trace it back. Like let's, and and the idea that you could yeah. use bits of the stories to make, uh, to find the truth 
is such a fundamental misunderstanding of what a myth is and mm-hmm. how myth works that it, you, you know, you said you're not going to lower yourself to debunking the question of like, was Heracles real? Because the, and you're right, because the question was Heracles real is irrelevant to yeah. how myth works. It mm-hmm. just doesn't make any sense. And if you can handle the sort of fiction, and because like, like comics and stuff are, and superheroes are more than just fiction. They're this shared yeah. world that everybody can kind of like add their own bits into and develop. And no one person, yeah, there's an originator for each of those stories, but no one person ever like owns all of Batman or Superman. Or like, yeah, like, I mean, in, in their entirety. IP, yeah. So we yeah. won't go too far into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like they can't, yeah, sorry, I was just gonna say, but they can't like, you can't do a master narrative because there is no one person who who has that whole story. Mm -hmm. And if you use that and think about myth that way, then it stops you from trying to find the real Hercules or the real story Mm -hmm. because there there can't be, there never was and there never will be. Yeah. Be like trying to find the real Batman. That's my myth rant. No, thank you. Very good way to to put a button on this episode. And I'm going to ask two things and maybe Scott will cut them because that feel like that was a way better strong ending than what I could ask. <laughs> but um, one is um, now I want the Batman story where his parents die after he becomes Batman. Um, yeah. And oh, yeah. To figure out how yeah, that's exactly. a thing. <laughs> yeah. And then the second is then if, if, if myth, if like continuity and myth did not uh, matter that much, does that mean that like, even in these ancient times, like your average Athenian wouldn't be entirely convinced that like, if they're, if you're there asked, like, is Heracles a real, was he a real person? They'd be like, meh, it's a story. Like, like if they understood it was fiction at, at the time. Yeah. I mean, that, it's a, that's a really complicated question as to what extent did say your average Athenian think that the myths were real. And I think they wouldn't have had a global answer to that. Like they would have definitely thought some of them was real. They would have thought Heracles was a real thing. Most mm-hmm. people. Some people didn't at all, but but most people would have. But if but they'd be perfectly comfortable with the idea that some of the stories might be real and some of them might not and some of them might be exaggerated. But also we also have to think of ourselves in a world where you don't have the same kind of like really clear understanding of historical events mm-hmm. in a really, you know, just <laughs> Think about, we know that things happened in a certain order because we're used to reading them in books and putting them on a timeline. And the Athenians kept their own records, but they, you know, people didn't have that real sense of like how long ago was this, that, or the other. And so I don't think that most people bothered their head too much about which parts of it were real. Um, And they'd be, it also wouldn't upset them. If some stuff wasn't real, that wouldn't mean that Heracles wasn't real or that it, you know, like to, to disprove some aspect, say, or to question some aspects of the myths wouldn't be like a problem because you don't need them all to be true for the overall thing to be true. Does all that right. make sense? Yeah. yeah. All right. I got it. So, so, um, thank you so much, Aaron. For, <laughs> yes. um, for, you, you definitely, I feel like this episode would have not even been a shadow of what it ended up being <laughs> without your, uh, without your insight because, um, and I'm just glad that you, I got to get you in a situation where you got to talk about Greco-Roman mythology for an hour. So, Oh, it was a pleasure. It's been too long since I've had the opportunity. So I, I'm very pleased to have the chance to come on and just go nerdy on this stuff because it's they're such good stories. Like any excuse. Oh, so, <laughs> any what, excuse. so what are the so things fun. if people wanted to find more of uh, of you and your stuff, where should they go? Well, so I am on a podcast because everybody has a podcast <laughs> and my podcast is called The Endless Knot and we talk about 
etymology and history, but we also have we have an episode about of all the different film versions of Hercules, for instance. We watched a whole oh, bunch excellent. of Hercules film versions. Uh, so you know we've we've we we cover anything we feel like. But that's the endless knot. And my I'm also help uh, run a YouTube channel that my husband mostly does called Alliterative or the endless knot we're bad at branding sorry and <laughs> it's about also about etymology in particular and so that's youtube.com uh, slash alliterative or you can go to alliterative.net to find all of our stuff and i'm also on twitter at avon sarah if a-v-e-n-s-a-r-a-h if you're interested yeah We'll have links to everything in the description. Does Tristan's dad listen to your podcast? I mean, I'm going to assume yes until I get evidence to the contrary. There you go. I do like that. Uh, <laughs> that my, mar- fa- my father doesn't listen to my podcast, so <laughs> he would. It's just, you know, the CBC is on all the time. He just uh-huh. doesn't really get around to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would just say that Mark Mark now does randomly show up on my tw- uh, TikTok sometimes. I'm just like, oh, yes. <laughs> in between dance videos, just like... <laughs> What Tell a you word. about surprisingly connected <laughs> etymologies. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yes. Uh, but yeah. Check out all that stuff. It's all really good. And thanks. Obviously, like look look at the look at the wonderful juice we got for this episode. So, <laughs> so more good. of that. If you want to hear me ranting about other elements of the ancient world, please do. Yeah. <laughs> Take a check check out the podcast. <laughs> she was also very. I did an episode about um, the fasces, uh like a number of years ago, and she helped me out a lot with that episode as well. An episode, yeah. uh, a step back episode. Like this is like in like 2018 or something. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> in the few four times. Well, yeah. if you want to follow more of our show, you can follow us at Probs on Aliens on Twitter and Instagram. And Tristan, you just teased a little thing. You have a what's step back? What's that? <laughs> Oh, uh, Step Back's a YouTube channel that I make where I do videos about uh, why understanding the past is important for making everything that's going on today make sense. And Mm. if you're listening to this now, I have a video that is... Um, if I'm not canceled by this point, which I very well may be because <laughs> my, my next video is about China and specifically uh, trying to tell the story, uh, the story of some of China's fiddlier bits without trying mm-hmm. to frame a Cold War narrative about it for either side, which um, mm. is going to get we'll me mad with someone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Scott, yeah, if I, I wanted to know about plagiarism and I, why I plagiarism. I hopefully have a different video out by then. <laughs> If I want to know about a different idea, a different video than that, where would I want to go? Hi, I have a YouTube channel called Nerd Sync. My my next video that I'm working on, I've already filmed. It should be up by this time. Is about how the because we're currently in the in the middle of a writer strike, um, mm-hmm. and the previous writer strike led to the horrible movie X Men Origins Wolverine. And so I wanted <laughs> to talk about it to remind people that hey, maybe writers are important, and uh, maybe we should treat them well and pay them well. Uh, because because I don't want any more X-Men Origins Wolverine, please. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, because the world of myth is large and can encompass many things like superheroes, but some bits just don't belong. Some, some of <laughs> some it we're just going to toss toss aside. No thanks. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Yeah, that's my YouTube channel, NerdSync. N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. You can also listen to this podcast and episode early sometimes when I remember to do it over on Nebula. Nebula.tv slash probably not aliens. Uh, and thank you to everyone who writes reviews of this show on Apple Podcasts. And, and you can give us feedback on Spotify. I got to figure out a way to incorporate that into this show. That would be fun. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> just thanks for telling your friends and spreading the word about the show and trying, you know, sometimes it works. Sometimes your friend is Tristan's dad and he just doesn't care. <laughs> um, he doesn't care about his own son's achievements. God, my dad's really on blast to this one. <laughs> we'll crack him someday. 
the best place to send your friends is propsnotaliens.com. It's a website with all the all the stuff, all the links to where you can listen to this show. And I think that's everything, yeah? I think so, yeah. Well, thank you so much again for joining. And uh, until next time, my name is Scott Nicewander. I'm Tristan Johnson, and the truth is out there. Pithanos. probably butchered that but whatever no sounded good to me (laughs) couldn't find an ancient greek version ancient greek isn't on google translate